On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, navigate on autopilot, the latest and arguably biggest step forward for autopilot in quite some time has arrived, and I've got some initial impressions. Plus, Elon clips from a new podcast appearance, Summon is about to go full Night Rider, and much more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always by Daisy the Boxer Puppy, who is looking at me with a very tired look on her face. I predict she will not last more than about 10 minutes before she passes out. Hopefully you guys stay awake through this podcast better than she does. But anyway, this is the November 4th, 2018 episode of the unofficial Tesla podcast, episode number 170. And I want to start by saying thank you to all of you for uh, been getting a lot of nice feedback on the Beginner's Guide to Tesla podcast that I put together last last weekend. I think on last week last week's show I said, "Oh, I wanted to get that done soon." Well, I got inspired and just did it like the next day. I sort of had a window and and just uh, sat down and dedicated myself to it because I figured, "Why wait?" You know, I'm just I'm, I can always find an excuse to put this thing off. Let's get it done. Uh, and hopefully it has been useful. I've gotten uh, some good feedback. I, I welcomed people to say, hey, did I leave anything out that you wanted to know about? I've gotten a few constructive pieces of feedback on that that, I can, that I'm filing away, and if I ever do a part two, I can throw them in there. But uh, just, yeah, really, I, I hope people find that useful. Again, it's not necessarily for you guys because you've, you've all been listening to this podcast, and you're uh, hopefully informed because of it, and you're already passionate and enthusiastic. But, you know, please feel free to share it with friends, with family, with coworkers, anybody in your life who maybe has asked you about Tesla, is curious about electric vehicles. Hopefully it can get their Tesla education started and make them feel more comfortable about the switch to an electric vehicle. Because, as you know, as we've talked about, it, it is a big switch in someone's life to to take their vehicle. You know, a, a car is a very important piece of a lot of people's lives. It is the thing that that is their primary method of getting from one place to another for, for many folks. And so changing that and, and changing from a the gas-powered thing that you've known your your whole life to something different, it's, it's a big change. So uh, yeah, feel free to share that around. That's the point of it. And thank you all again for, for checking it out and for the feedback there. Now, I want to start, before I get to the Tesla news, just one other show programming note, I promise you. This is a big one, though, and I hope you'll forgive me. I hope you'll understand that I'm taking a couple minutes. Uh, <laughs> Elon Musk has now said publicly that he is going to come on this show, this podcast, Ride the Lightning, <laughs> in, quote, probably two to three weeks. So a huge shout-out goes to a wonderful listener of this podcast by the name of Scott. He's from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, who, Scott, I messaged him privately afterwards uh, and to, to express my thanks. So Scott replied to a tweet about Elon's appearance on the Recode Decode podcast uh, hosted by Kara Swisher. Kara's the, the founder of Recode. Recode's a tech site. Uh, Kara's a tech journalist in Silicon Valley. He's been around a long time. She has like a million something followers. She's a big deal. And she just got Elon on. And I'm actually, I've got clips for you uh, coming up later in the, in the podcast 
from that interview. But Scott from Baton Rouge replied and said, great interview is uh, at DMC Ryan me is, is Ryan McCaffrey's ride the lightning podcast next question mark to which Elon Musk decided to reply. He replied and said, probably two to three weeks. So I can tell you I was at work doing my morning thing. I was just kind of going through email and, and getting my day started because this was in the morning Pacific time. And, and if I had had a drink in my mouth, I would have absolutely done a literal real life spit take all over the keyboard, all over the screen. It's, I, I had, I just like, I was like, wait a second, what? Like, because I click my mentions on Twitter, which is when people, you know, are tweeting you or tagging you in something. And I see Elon in there. I'm like, what? And then I see probably two to three weeks. I'm like, what is this about? I click into it and then I see Scott's tweet and I was just, just floored. Uh, so what, what I can tell all of you now, the, the cat's kind of out of the bag, is that I, I have been talking to Tesla for a, a bit, but not, I will say, this, not specifically about an Elon interview. They, I've been in touch with them about, you know, trying to maybe do something with something. Uh, and I, I had brought up, hey, is there any chance I could meet Elon, maybe sit down and interview him. And that was never promised, still hasn't been by Tesla, the the company, but they've been very nice and just, you know, having a, a, it's been going on for a while uh, because, you know, Elon's schedule is what it is. And there's been a lot going on uh, in the world of testing, you know, end of quarter, the SEC stuff, all that. But, you know, so it's been kind of floating around this, uh, this, this thing. And, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I, like I said, I had asked, is, you know, can I sit down with him? Can I interview him for the podcast? And, you know, again, it was never promised, which is the right answer from them. Because, again, with his schedule, they could say, yes, you're going to sit down with him at this time. And then I go down there, something happens, and he's pulled somewhere else. And that's the end of it. You know what I mean? So I never for a minute took took it to as, as any sort of guarantee. But Elon himself <laughs> seems to have seems to have let the cat out of the bag. Uh, so we'll see when this happens. Uh, I still want to put the caveat of if on there again, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to count the chicken before it hatches, but all I can tell you is that I will be ready if, and when the day comes. So, uh, I probably won't be able to give you advance notice of it. I mean, maybe on my Twitter account, I guess, like after it's actually done and in the books, but, um, as far as like on the previous you know, the episode before, I doubt it'll happen that far in advance. Uh, but in any case, I won't linger on this only to say it's been quite a day because this happened today as I'm recording here on late, late Friday night. So yeah, it's, it's been incredible. I got some very nice messages, a a call from my friend, Ben Sullins from the Teslanomics YouTube channel. Remember I had been on this show. He's, he was the, the first person to win the roadster in the referral program and yeah, he called me and, uh, yeah, it's, 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 I called my wife. It's, it's been quite a day. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Hopefully, you know, whether it's two weeks, three weeks, or whether we're looking at a little bit of Elon time factor and it turns into a month, six weeks, I don't know, but hopefully it's going to happen and I'm really looking forward to it. I will be very over-prepared. That's that much I can promise you. Uh, all right. So let's move on. Navigate on autopilot. I mentioned it to you last week. 
as uh, the update had was just rolling out, and I, uh, of course, what happened. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not complaining here. I'm actually very happy. Uh, but yeah, I mentioned it when I recorded Friday night, and then sure enough, as I slept Friday night, when I woke up Saturday morning last week, I had the notification on my phone that an update is available. Boom, navigate on autopilot. So I did get to try it out over the weekend, just a little bit. And the, just the way my daily commute works, I don't really get to test it. Not not navigate on autopilot. I use autopilot, but not navigate. Uh, so, but I, I did get to try it last weekend, and then I did have an actually a nice drive. I went to meet some old DeLorean friends uh, a good 25 miles away. So I used, that was a st- all freeway, the 101 freeway here. And I used it the whole way there. So I'll give you my quick impressions of it from, again, a few uses. Uh, a couple of short little uses and then the one, the longer one down the peninsula. And I have to say, it it was pretty cool. I mean, is, is it perfect? No, far from it. Uh, but it, I will say it is cool. So, uh, the, I was trying it on the way home at one point and there's the exit that I want to take is the the one before it always backs up. There's like just the the off ramp backs up and usually the far right lane gets pretty clogged. So you don't want to be, you don't want to get over too early or you're just going to get stuck in that. Well, navigate on autopilot doesn't know that. So it wanted to send me over early and I would have been stuck over there. So I just refused to allow it. I didn't, didn't press the turn signal or, or autopilot stalk to allow it to make that change. So I just stayed in. And then after I cleared that off ramp that backs up, then I let it move over. So, you know, that's a thing that I don't quite know if that can be trained, that behavior. Like hopefully... If I do that repeatedly in that spot, maybe, and others do it too, maybe that behavior can be learned into the system, I hope. Um, but what else can I tell you? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it did want to make a lot of fairly unrealistic lane changes, or at least ones that I was pretty not comfortable with, because I'd be kind of cutting on you know freeway speed f- kind of right in front of somebody in the next lane over. So... Um, it, you know, I, once the time rolls around after the 10 million mile fleet validation, apparently, where you can waive the, the ability, waive the option of, of confirming the lane change manually and just let the car do it automatically, I don't think I'm going to be waiving that quite anytime soon. I need a lot more time with this, pr- probably going to let it in a few iterations of it happen, a few software updates at least, and just kind of, just kind of experiment with it very slowly and surely. But I want to tell you about the cool stuff that it does. So there are these very impressive things. Those were a couple, you know, not complaints, but just things to keep an eye on. I did notice that in at first it was extremely conservative in making lane changes. Like I was, it had me in the right lane because I just got on the freeway, th- t- turned on navigate on autopilot and the car in front of me is doing, you know, 55 and a 65 and I'm wanting to get over and the car's not really doing anything about it. So then I figured I was playing in the settings after I finished that first test run and found the menu, the navigate on autopilot menu. And sure enough, it, by default, it is set to mild, mild setting. So cranked it up to Mad Max. And what Mad Max does is 
it will uh, more, it doesn't change lanes more aggressively. It's just, it's, it's more aggressive about keeping you at the speed that you want. So if you're in the right lane and you've got your autopilot set to 70 and a 65 and it's going 60 in the, in the 65, the car in front of you, and there's, there's a gap on, on, you know, to your left, it's going to make that change so that you can try to get up to that 70 miles an hour. So that is what the different settings, the, you know, as you get more aggressive with it on up to the Mad Max setting, which as, as I expected, did make it into the final car. It wasn't just a, you know, fun, uh, behind the scenes developer titling of it, Mad Max <laughs> is in your car, is in everybody's car. So, uh, be be cautious with it. I don't necessarily advise you to go straight to Mad Max. You might want to give it a run on mild. Just get a little bit of a feel for it before you go ahead and make make your way up. Whether you want to jump straight to Mad Max from there, or just kind of gradually work your way up. But there's that. And then uh, so what it's really cool at doing two things. Two things I super love about it that are really neat. Number one. It now, if you are in the right-hand lane on the freeway, it now sees the cars coming up your on your right side on the on-ramp. While you're going, it, it reads those on-ramp cars. And so far in my, uh, again, relatively fairly small sample size, but in my experience thus far, it has done a really good job of organically and smoothly allowing those cars to merge in a very human way. Like, you know, if you got one in front and then I go and then guy behind me, like it lets that guy that's kind of, you know, alongside me, but a little ahead, lets that person in front of me. So that's really cool. That, that the fact that it's, it's handling, uh, it's seeing and handling the oncoming traffic, uh, really well so far. That's awesome. And then the other cool thing I really like is it does take off ramps. You know, it gives you the, when your exit's coming up, it knows, and it turns on the signal, the turn signal automatically takes the off-ramp and then tells you, navigate on autopilot will be ending in 1,000 feet, 500 feet, 300 feet, 200, and then it turns off, and then it keeps autopilot on if you want it. Uh, and you know, you got to be careful depending on the situation of whether that's appropriate or not. But the fact that it, it turns on the signal automatically, takes the off-ramp, turns the signal off, super cool. It feels... It feels very futuristic. Uh, I really, really like that. So that is pretty cool. Um, and by the way, my friend Bonnie Norman, who I, I very, very lovingly refer to as the, the matriarch of the Tesla community. She, I've, I've mentioned her here and again. You may have seen her on Twitter if you're active there. She's been in the Tesla community f since the beginning. She was an original Roadster owner, and she's still very active. She's just a wonderful a amazing human being who cares deeply about Tesla and the mission. And uh, anyway, she had posted uh, an experience with Navigate on Autopilot that it sees construction zones. And sure enough, she posted there was a screenshot and it said, Construction zone detected, Navigate on Autopilot limited, but not disabled. It doesn't totally shut itself off. It just. It limits, I guess, what it what it can do, presumably with the, the automatic lane changes and maybe the off-ramp situation. I'm not entirely sure, and she didn't say, but uh, that is that is pretty cool. Now, to give the other side of this, again, I, I feel like I'm hope 
my goal here was to give you an even-handed, as always, I'm, my goal is always to be even-handed, but uh, hopefully my impressions there were some good, some, some not super great yet, but uh, I want to give the other side of the coin just for a second, and just, just to point out, because a long-time Ride the Lightning listener, Matthew Parra, made an extensive, a very detailed, extensive post to the Tesla Motors Reddit detailing his issues with it. And there are plenty of people that are having very mixed results with it so far. You know, where you live and what everybody's conditions are going to be so different. And that's the beauty of fleet learning is all that will feed into the, the mothership and hopefully make improvements to everything faster. But, you know, Matthew, he had a lot of issues with it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's, don't take my impressions of it as gospel, I hope they are, you know, you find them informative and and as something to either look forward to when you either get your car or if you have your car, you get the update or or maybe whatever the case may be. But um, the good news here is that the stuff it's good at already should continue to stay good and even get better. And the stuff that's not so good yet should only get better because uh, this is the initial public release of Navigate on Autopilot. And if you're a Model 3 owner, you're looking for version 2018.42. That is what you are looking for um, to get your hands on Navigate on Autopilot. So uh, there are my impressions of that. Before I move on to the rest of the news, starting with Elon's appearance on the, the Recode Decode podcast with Kara Swisher, I wanted to send a thank you to the Tesla team, anybody that may be listening to this, because... I, I'm not taking any credit or anything like that. I'm sure plenty of people mentioned this. I did the voice submitted bug report in the car. So, but just people's voices, including mine, were heard. The backup camera issue that I talked about a couple of shows back, right after I got version nine, where the backup camera would go away if I went in to go in and fold my mirrors to get out of my garage, that has been fixed. So the backup camera stays up now as long as the car is in reverse. I'm very grateful for that, very happy about that. It's a simple little tiny thing, but it, it's, it's just, an, it, makes a, it makes a difference uh, in my Tesla experience literally every single day. So thank you to the Tesla team there. And one other note, the uh, corrupting USB stick issue with the dash cam, it may be has possibly been fixed uh, in either 42.2, which is, again, the one I was mentioning a minute ago that has Navigate on Autopilot, or I just just now, I haven't even driven the car. Uh, before I recorded the show, I got the update and, yay, did it through my phone, didn't even, didn't even have to go down to the car. 42.4 uh, is, uh, is out now. And I, in my experience, the corrupting files on the dash cam, the corrupting stick where, you know, it just gets the red X and stops working, I have not had a problem with the corrupting since I got 42.2. And I intentionally tested it all week by uh, just not doing the manual on-off trick for the dash cam that a caller mentioned on last week's show. And so far all week, it has been uh, working great. So uh, to balance that out, I had posted that on Reddit for in response to somebody else about a similar thing. And then uh, there were, I think, one or one person for sure, maybe two, that had replied saying, oh, it's still a problem for me, even on 42.2. So it might not, might not be fixed, but it, maybe it's better. I'm not entirely sure. 
Either way, if it's not fixed, hopefully, I, I expect it probably will be soon. Um, and if it is, yay, thanks again, Tesla. So yay, dash cam. Okay, uh, one final note, actually, real quick on the 42.4 update. So someone on Reddit posted, you know, the, the, the uh, regenerative braking, the strengthening of that. Remember, I, I think I mentioned that last week. So they posted a screenshot like, hey, I got the 42.4. And in, they posted the screen of the release notes, which mentions the increased regenerative braking strength. And like I said, I just got it on mine. I went down to the car to look at the release notes. And the regenerative braking thing is not mentioned in my release notes. So I, again, I can't confirm this. this. This literally just happened right before I recorded, but I did want to just throw it out there and mention it. I wonder if that regenerative braking tweak is only for the rear-wheel drive Model 3s because the dual-motor cars do almost certainly, that sure feels like it to me, they do have stronger regen than the, than the single, the, the rear-wheel drive, the single-motor cars. So that might be the case. I'm not sure, but that, that text was definitely not in my uh, release notes. So if you have a dual-motor or performance Model 3, you may not have any change to your regenerative braking, but if you have a rear-wheel drive Model 3, you almost definitely should see that. So I'll be curious to hear from folks who, uh, who do get that and see how, it, how you think it feels. All right, been talking for a while here. Let me let somebody else talk. How about Elon Musk and uh, the aforementioned founder of Recode, Kara Swisher? So Elon interviewed by Kara Swisher on the Recode Decode podcast. Uh, and I just want to play a few clips. It's an 80-minute interview that, that wasn't just about Tesla. It covered off on, on a few other topics as well. So I encourage everybody to go listen to the whole thing. I've, I've got, let's see, one, two, three. I've got five clips. So hopefully that's, you know, fair use. I don't want to, believe me, I'm, I'm making content here. The last thing I would ever want to do is just take someone else's content. So just a few clips. And I highly encourage you to go to recode.net or search for Recode Decode on iTunes, Google Podcasts, whatever your favorite uh, uh, podcast service is, and go listen to the whole thing. Give them a click. Give them a download. Uh, they deserve it. I thought uh, Kara did a, a really good job, had a really good natural conversation with Elon that, that covered on a lot of topics. So first, I want to start with, uh, with the, a clip about Tesla having to survive, how Elon feels about Tesla within the, the grand scheme of society. Yeah, I mean, it's been a very difficult year. Why is that? Uh, we had the, the Model 3 production ramp, which was excruciatingly difficult. Mm -hmm. It is incredibly difficult to survive as a car company. Incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. People have no idea how much pain people at Tesla went through, including myself. That was excruciating. And? Excruciating. Talk about that toll. I, 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 like, pretty sure I burnt out a bunch of neurons uh, during this process. Running both SpaceX and Tesla is incredibly difficult. I mean, do you realize like, we're, we're, we're fighting the incredibly competitive car companies? Mm -hmm. They make very good cars. They've been doing this for a long time. They are entrenched. Right. Okay, Mercedes, Audi, BMW, right. Lexus. You name it, all, all those car brands. The history of car companies in America is terrible. The only ones that haven't gone bankrupt are Tesla and Ford. Mm -hmm. 
That's it. GM, right. Everyone else has gone bankrupt. So the pressure of doing this. Yes. So why is it that you do this? It's, then? it's trivial to start a car company. It Absolutely. Is, it is. It is insanely difficult to make it uh, successful. Mm-hmm. So you put too much pressure on yourself this year, or it just is what you're doing? Yeah, it sounds like you're not hearing me. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I understand it's incredibly difficult. What I'm saying is, why did you do it this way this year? You're, you're definitely not understanding me. All right, try again. Making a car company successful is monumentally difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been many attempts to create a, start, a, a car company, and right. they have all failed. Right. Even the ones that have had a strong base of customers, thousands of dealers, thousands of service centers, they've already spent the capital for the factories, uh, like GM and Ford, or GM and GM Chrysler, still went bankrupt in the last recession. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ford and Tesla made it barely right. the last recession. There's a good chance Ford doesn't make it in the next recession. So as a startup car company, it is far more difficult to be successful than if you are an established, entrenched brand. Mm-hmm. It is absurd that Tesla is alive. Absurd. Mm-hmm. Absurd. So what do you owe that? What do you accredit that to? Excruciating effort. Mm-hmm. By you. 100-hour weeks. Right. By everyone. By everyone here at Tesla. Yes. What... Is there, there wasn't any? some other way to do this. Yes, that's what I'm saying. There wasn't, there wasn't. some other way to do this, Carmen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. While you're also running a space company yes. at once. So what I want to get at is why you're doing that. It's not a strip. Why, why do you think you want to push yourself that hard? Well, the other option would have been Tesla dies. Right. Yeah. Tesla cannot die. Mm-hmm. Tesla is incredibly important for the future of sustainable transport mm-hmm. so, and, and energy generation. So the, the fundamental purpose, the fundamental good that Tesla provides is accelerating the advent of sustainable transport and energy production. Which I think most people credit you for doing, pushing everyone else into it at the same time, correct? Yes. The, the success of Tesla is by far the biggest forcing function for the other car makers to get into, yeah, into, into electric cars. They've said so. Right. Yeah. No, there's no question. I was just having a discussion with this someone the other day, and I said, he has pushed everybody into this really dramatically. There wouldn't have been this much investment. There wouldn't have been this. So Yes, it, 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 it's very important for the future of the world. It's very important for all life on earth. This, this supersedes political parties, race, creed, religion, doesn't matter. If we do not solve the environment, we are all, we're all damned. Mm-hmm. And via car, in this way, via sustainable transportation. Yes. None of this is really anything that we haven't heard Elon say before, but what I want to key you in on here, and I'll bet that many of you already did, is the passion in Elon Musk's voice. This is not a guy who is looking for a golden parachute or another quarterly stock bonus in his compensation. This is a driven, determined person who clearly cares very deeply for what he's doing. If I were a Tesla employee listening to this, I would be very inspired by not just what he said there, but the way that he said it. Uh, So this next clip is talking about the sort of state of Tesla now. Take a listen to this. Yeah, I think I think you know Tesla. We're going pretty well right now. You know, we're, Tesla's like not staring death in the face. Like mm-hmm. we're 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 in I think a, a pretty pretty good position. We don't want to be complacent, mm-hmm. but it's not like uh, you know we're not like you know up until 
around, around September, you know, we were really faced with like, we must solve this or we're going to die constantly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, like, I, f- I feel like we're no longer in the uh, staring death in the face situation. Okay. Um, which is death over in the sitting in a seat nearby. Or? Well, you never want to get complacent. Mm-hmm. Um, so we still need to work hard, but we, but it's, you know, I think we're, we're over the hump. We're, mm-hmm. we're certainly over the hump on Model 3 production. Like mm-hmm. for us making 5,000 cars in a week from, of Model 3 is not, not a big deal. Right. Like it's, that's like just normal. You know, now we're working on um, raising to 6,000 and then 7,000 Model 3s a week while still uh, keeping cost under control. Like, mm-hmm. so, like the, you know, we, we could we could probably do 6,000 or more or maybe 6,500 cars of Model 3s a week right, right now, mm-hmm. but, we would, but we'd have to stress people out and do tons of overtime. And what about innovations to these models? And we're going to talk about other products coming mm-hmm. in, but you've put in a number of innovations in all the current, Models. I mean, our cars are constantly being updated with new technology. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't really have uh, a model year like other car companies. It's mm-hmm. Like as soon as we come up with with some improvement, we just roll it into production. Well, talk about. Th- it's obviously good to hear that Tesla is not quote staring death in the face. That is good news. Also, it sounds like the Model Three production ramp is still somewhere in the five thousand per week range, less than six. You know, I bet it's a little above five, but because uh, Elon says that five thousand a week now is quote normal and quote not a big deal. They're but they're definitely based on what he said right there. They're not at six thousand cars per week yet. Which, if you remember, the goal, uh, a fairly recent goal, was to get to six thousand a week by the end of August. We're into November now, um, and I don't say that to you know as a bad thing. It just it is what it is, but. Uh, we want them to, we want them to grow their production at a, at a sort of natural, sustainable, uh, rate for meaning for the employees, which you heard, uh, I think Elon touch on there, you, you know, they don't want to break everyone and, and, uh, you know, drive everyone into the ground. So, uh, 5,000 a week, comfortable and normal now after they first got to that as, as a, a backbreaking effort there right at the end of Q2, remember the end of June. So 5,000 a week normal, heading for six and then seven. Uh, And remember, the ultimate goal, at least as last stated, is eventually 10,000 Model 3s per week. So we'll just see see how long it's going to take to get there, whether it's, I mean, presumably they're not rushing to get there because they're still in the fives. You know, they want to effectively double where they are now. So it wouldn't surprise me if it, it might take another year to get to 10,000 per week. And that's okay. You know, as long as it's, as long as the company's healthy and doing okay, they don't have to put the pedal to the metal to try and just rush to 10,000 as quickly as possible. And that clip there, if you're wondering, I cut that off abruptly there just because we're going to get to that next. In fact, right now, here's uh, Kara talking to Elon about navigate on autopilot. Yeah, that's, uh, I think one of the, f- the first major steps towards full self driving. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can you can enter in an address, and from highway on ramp to highway off ramp, uh, the car will change lanes. It will go from one highway to the next automatically, and talk, take the off ramp automatically. It's pretty wild, and yeah. it'll, it'll overtake a slow car. So it's basically integrating navigation uh, with uh, the autopilot capability. Uh, that's why we call it. Um, you know, navigate an autopilot or drive right. and have. Right. Um, so, what are the challenges then you face with these technologies now, from your perspective? 
Well, the, the main challenge has been improving the neural net uh, so that we can uh, recognize all types of objects from all eight cameras. There are eight, eight cameras, mm-hmm. uh, three forward, um, and then t- two on each side and one rear. Um, and uh, we've got, so we're running essentially eight neural nets mm-hmm. um, of varying uh, complexity. Then we've got to inc- integrate the output of the neural nets into uh, path planning and um, and then hook in the navigation to say, okay, wh- where, where do you need to go? Um, and the, the the big challenge has been solving a wide range of corner cases. Um, mm-hmm. So if you if you have like things a, that just happen, that... yeah, the roads are pretty messy. Mm-hmm. So so you could have like say skid marks on the road that look like a line. You could um, it, it, sometimes tar seams look like a line. Uh, sometimes the the lines were just painted wrong mm-hmm. uh, for, for some reason. You know, one of our biggest challenges actually with um, driver navigation was dealing with forks and gores um, where. The lane is splitting. Um, you, you need to be confident that you're going either left or right, not right. down the center. Right. Um, and then the car will come to a halt at the first intersection. Now we're integrating stop signs, um, traffic lights, being able to do, um, say, hard right turns or hairpin bends and that kind of thing. What about regulations, the regulatory environment right now? Because that's going to be part of it, or else building out infrastructure that will have sensors in roads or things like that. How do you look at that? Or are you just not even thinking about it? Yeah, that? we're not really thinking about that. We're assuming that there You're will be... You're not assuming. No, we're, the, 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 the car needs to, to drive better than a human driver mm-hmm. uh, using the same uh, inputs as a human driver, which is, you know, eyes are basically just cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And, you know, all, all creatures on Earth uh, navigate with with, right. with cameras. Right. Like you know, so like, like an eagle can, you know, find if like a fish eagle can like see a fish from far away and take into account the refractive index of the water, dive down and get the fish from far away. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's no question that image recognition, neural nets, and um, Cameras, you, you can fully be super. You can be superhuman in driving with mm-hmm. just cameras. With just cameras, okay. Mm-hmm. So not you're not you don't need anything else from the government or from infrastructure or anything. I mean, I recently no. was talking to the Mercedes people. They're talking about sensors in the roads and yeah, it's hopeless. So, yeah, yeah. Because. I mean, the, you know, anything. The the, the problem, like that, that would at best be a specialized solution in wherever put you know whatever city put stuff in the roads like you can always make something work for a specific solution right uh, you know, like if some special case solution in some some town you can make that easy but what you really want is a general solution for self-driving that works worldwide what jumped out at me there was notice that he talks about integrating stop signs and traffic lights and hard right turns in there so you know i've been taking calls uh in the ride the lightning hotline over the last couple of weeks talking about whether or not the current autopilot can read speed limit signs. That seems to be a thing that autopilot one could do that autopilot two, uh, 2.0 plus can currently can't do. And it, we have now determined that I think actually I've got one more call to that effect later on in the ride, the lightning hotline part of the show. But uh, it certainly now from what Elon says, there sounds like it is on its way. And yeah, I, I can't imagine the number of edge cases that they have to solve for. I think about full self-driving, and I feel like my neighborhood here in San Francisco is one giant edge case <laughs> unto itself. Like that's so, man, there's just so much so much to try and figure out and solve for with, uh, with the autopilot challenge. All right, speaking of self-driving, in fact, here is Elon talking about that very optimistically. I don't want to sound overconfident, but mm-hmm. I, I, 
I would be very surprised if any of the car companies uh, exceeded Tesla in self-driving, in, mm-hmm. in getting to full self-driving. You know, I think we'll get to full self-driving next year mm-hmm. as a generalized solution. I think that that's that's a like we're on track to do that next year. So I don't know. Every, I don't think anyone else is on track to do it next no year. No one even close. When you look at all the competitors, I would say, unless they're keeping it incredibly secret, which is unlikely. I don't think any of the car companies are likely to be a, a serious competitor. Will they ever be a serious competitor from your perspective? In self-driving, I don't think so. They're just not good at software, and right. this is a software problem. So Elon's showing a lot of optimism in the full self-driving department. He thinks they'll get there within a year. I mean, that would be pretty incredible, although, quite frankly, I guess it's going to be incredible anytime it happens, whether it's in a year or 10 years. It's going to be absolutely f- incredible. I mean, by the genuine original definition of the word. And by the way, I can listening to that clip, I can hear those of you out there in the audience who who paid for full self-driving uh, with your car, did the $3,000 prepay. I can hear you all going, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I the This did remind me of one thing. If indeed I do get that opportunity to sit down with Elon Musk, I do want to ask him about if or when that level four full self-driving cross-country demo may or may not happen. Definitely still curious about that. All right, I've got one more excerpt from you, for you rather, from Kara Swisher's interview with Elon Musk. Again, I encourage you to go to recode.net to hear the rest of it or or iTunes or Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to the podcasts. Uh, Here is Elon speaking to... Tesla's upcoming product lineup, which you heard he, he talked about this when I, on the earnings call, which I went over last week, but he says a little bit more here. So here's Elon on the future of Tesla's lineup. It's just to, to, to recap the things that are coming out, because I think it is, right. I think it's like, like literally the most exciting product lineup of, of any company in the world um, is, uh, is certainly from a consumer standpoint. I'll just go through, go through the things that have been publicly announced. Um, you've got the Model Y, which is the mid-sized SUV. You've got the uh, semi-truck, uh, which is uh, going to be great for the really heavy transport. It'll, mm-hmm. it'll be like the, the heaviest class of truck, of, of, of uh, industrial truck. Got the next generation Roadster, which will be the, the fastest sports car on on every dimension, fastest acceleration, mm-hmm. fastest uh, top speed, best handling. Uh, it, it, the, the goal with the Tesla Roadster is to show that an electric car can be the best sports car on, on every dimension. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important to kind of get rid of this like halo effect that gasoline cars, sports cars have, where pick up or the the more. Well, like 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 still like say that the the fastest top speed cars in the world are still gasoline sports cars. Mm-hmm. So I think we it's important to have an electric car that is faster as electric, electric sports car that's faster than the fastest gasoline sports car, mm-hmm. and it, it helps address that sort of halo effect that um, gasoline sports cars have. Um, so I think it's important to to do that to show that you know electric is the best uh, architecture. Mm-hmm. Then we've got uh, the, the the pickup truck, which actually I'm personally most excited about. The Why pickup. is that? Well, I can't talk about the details, but it's going to be like a really futuristic, like cyberpunk Blade Runner pickup truck. Okay, what does that mean? It's going to be awesome. Okay. It's going to be amazing. Who are you trying to sell that to? So it'll be a hot stuffing. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to sell that to? People who buy F whatever? You know, I'm not, I, you know, I, I actually don't know if 
a lot of people will buy this pickup truck or not, but I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I do care eventually, you know, like, sure, I care, you know, like we, we want to get, you know, get gasoline and diesel pickup trucks off the road. Right. Um, and, but if like, if I find like, you know, like I'm personally super excited by the, by this pickup truck, it, it's, it's something I've been wanting to make for a long time. And I've been iterating with uh, sort of designs with, with, uh, with Franz and like, it's like, no, you know, it's like. I really want something that's like super futuristic cyberpunk, which if there's only a small number of people that, that like that truck, I guess we'll make a more conventional truck in the future. But it's the thing that I am personally most most fired up about. It's going to have a lot of titanium. Titanium? Um, okay. What else? It's, it's like, you'll, you'll see. It's Racing like, stripes? What? No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. No, it's going to be... Like, I I think this is the kind of thing somebody would want to buy, even if they don't only buy a pickup truck. Right. So anyway, so I'm like, that's personally what I'm most excited about. But like I said, it, it could be just like, okay, I'm, I weirdly like it and other people don't. That's, mm-hmm. that's only possible. Um, yeah, but we're going to make it anyway, and then and maybe we'll just have a niche audience. I don't know. Yeah. If it does, then we'll, I guess we'll make a more conventional pickup truck. Think about how crazy that pickup truck must be. Because let's recap for a second. Elon Musk just said he's more excited about the pickup truck than he is about the gasoline-killing, world-beating supercar. He says that the pickup truck will be something out of Blade Runner, that it might be so weird that no one but him likes it, and that it's going to use titanium in its construction. That is all insane. That is crazy. It also backs up my prediction from, uh, if you remember, gosh, must have been a few months ago now, where he went on Twitter and was saying, hey, what would you like to see in a truck? And then he started giving some little details about what he's thinking with the pickup truck. And I went on this podcast and I predicted, this is probably going to be a six-figure truck. This is going to be a $100,000 or higher truck, at least at first. And from, <laughs> from everything he said right there, it sure sounds like it. I would be shocked if it wasn't a six-figure truck to start with. Not that I'm I'm not rooting for that by any stretch, don't get me wrong, just from everything he's saying, this sounds so out there that it, it sounds like it's loaded with all kinds of unreal things and it's probably going to be pricey at least at first. All right, that's uh, my last excerpt for you, as I mentioned, from the Recode interview. Uh, bravo to Kara Swisher for for pinning Elon down, making that happen, and doing a really, really good interview with him. 80 minutes. Worth a listen. Give it a listen uh, on your, your platform of choice. On with the rest of the Tesla news here. I've got a couple of more things for you before we get to the Ride the Lightning hotline. First is that a Model 3 key fob is now imminent for sure because... That latest software update that adds drive on, uh, pardon me, navigate on autopilot, which is 42.2, in the release notes, the Model 3 key fob is mentioned. And from the wording, it's pretty clear that it's going to be a paid option, which I think surprises exactly none of us. Hopefully, that cost isn't too exorbitant. Hopefully, maybe 50, maybe 100 bucks. I mean, I suppose it'll probably cost whatever the replacement fobs for S and X cost. So I did look that up. And what's weird about that is I couldn't find anything definitive. All I could find was that apparently the cost of replacement key fobs has gone down over time. But what I what I can find, it seems like it could be as much as 240-ish dollars. That was one 
thing I found from, from not too long ago. So I really hope it's not that much for people that do want the fob, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. As soon as I find out, I will certainly pass that information along to those of you that are interested in that. Uh, you know, if you've been having if you've been having phone as key issues, you're certainly probably very interested in the idea of a Model Three key fob. Uh, if you do really want one, by the way, I would suggest going ahead and calling your service center at your convenience, since it is in those release notes, and and just you know politely ask them if they have them yet, and if they don't, see if they have an ETA. Maybe there's a a, a list that you can get on for when the first batch comes in, and and again, if you do get that, uh, if you do either get it or, or get information, if you get a price or if you actually get one, uh, please drop me a quick email and let me know what that price is so I can, I can pass that information along to, to everybody else out there. And if you want to call in with some impressions of it, feel free to do that as well. All right. Elon Musk took to Twitter this week to talk about the next phase of summon in the Tesla fleet. Via Twitter, he says, quote, by next year, a Tesla should be able to drive around a parking lot, find an empty spot, read signs to confirm it's valid, and park. And then later, he added that some fun stuff is coming even sooner than, than next year. He says, quote, Tesla advanced summon ready in about six weeks. It's just an over-the-air software upgrade, so it will work on all cars made in the past two years, autopilot uh, hardware version 2 or higher. The car will drive to your phone location and follow you like a pet if you hold down the summon button on the Tesla app. Also, you'll be able to drive it from your phone remotely like a big RC car if the car, if you have line of sight on the car. So a few things about this. Number one, that sounds crazy, but I have to take my own advice from this podcast. And that is never doubt Elon Musk. Uh, I will say just for his sake and for, you know, I, I wish he hadn't put a timeline on it like that just because when he does that, it never really seems to end well for him. If they don't hit it, people get frustrated and well, you know, but in any case, uh, what else can I say about this? The car finding you, let's, I think a good example here, I lived in Arizona for 15 years. It's boiling hot there in the summertime. So the, the scenario that I picture is this. You come out of a movie theater because in the summer in Arizona, you're mostly going from one air-conditioned place to the next, whether it's your home, your vehicle, the mall, uh a sporting event, a movie theater, what have you. But let's say you walk out of the movie theater. Your car's been outside, roasting in the 110-degree heat. So you've already preconditioned the car. You've done that when the credits roll on the film. So then you go outside, and how cool. It would be the most baller, night Rider move of all time to have your car come up to the curb, right up to the curb, right to you. That would be awesome. Uh, also, it happens to be, Elon's talking about exactly what he said this would do back when he first talked about the, the advanced part of what Summon could be years ago, like long before it ever launched. He, he said, hey, it'll come find you. 
and now it seems to be on the cusp of that actually happening. I mean, who wouldn't show that off every single chance they got, if only for the sheer novelty of it? Uh, and, and by the way, I'd like to point out, not only would this be very useful in 110-degree Arizona summers with that pre-cooled car coming right out to fetch you, but how about a Midwest winter? Snow on the ground, you pre-warm the car, you bring it right to you at the curb from wherever you just came out from so that you know it's, the car spares you the walk across the, the uh, chilly wind snow flurries of walking across the parking lot. So uh, if you, by the way, ultimate move here, power combo, pair this for you Model X owners. You Model X owners can actually remotely open both your Falcon wing doors and your front doors as well. So you folks are going to be the absolute coolest high-tech people in town when this advanced summon comes out. So very cool stuff there. And on a related note, I know I know I have a number of Canadian listeners. Elon did say in a separate tweet that the current version of summon that we know today will finally be available in Canada next week was the date he put on that. So I know you guys have been waiting. There's sort of a regulatory holdup there. So uh, look for that coming very soon. Good news for Tesla owners up in Canada. Elsewhere this week, a quick little note that Elon deleted his title at Tesla. Sort of. He took to Twitter to say, deleted my Tesla titles last week to see what would happen. I'm now the nothing of Tesla. Seems fine so far. And then later he added, uh, we're legally required, or pardon me, legally required officers of a corporation are president, treasurer, and secretary. Guess I have to keep the first one or it will confuse the authorities, end quote. Well, I don't know if he was even mucking around in there in the first place because of the SEC settlement. You'll recall he does uh, have to resign as chairman of the board And maybe if that's what he was doing when he went in there, he just decided to have a little bit more fun and uh, on the corporate ledger there and just delete all of his titles. But he will be keeping the title of of president and maybe CEO. I don't know if president, CEO, or are they the same thing? I don't know if they're quite the same thing. But in any case, uh, Elon having a little fun on Twitter. And then the other thing I just wanted to talk about for a few minutes this week is the fact that the red... Roadster prototype. It made a rare public appearance this past week in broad daylight. So not under any fancy car show lights or or Tesla event lighting or or just at night period. Broad daylight. And the hat tip here goes to the wonderful folks at Tesla Rati who do a great job of covering Tesla news. They did a story on its appearance And they said Tesla's next-gen Roadster prototype made a rare appearance in Los Angeles last weekend at the Art Center College of Design's Car Classic 2018 exhibition. The weekend celebrated the 70th anniversary of the college's transportation design program, which has produced some of the world's most iconic designers, including Tesla chief designer Franz von Holzhausen and Tesla's director of product design, Javier Verdura. Both are alumni of the Southern California-based art center who became friends in the early 90s while attending the school's design program. Thank you, Tesla Roddy. 
And from reading the article and looking at the pictures, which were Tesla Roddy rounded up uh, and, and credited some various folks on Instagram and, and Reddit, the car is absolutely stunning to see in broad daylight and in just regular old photographs. Again, nothing fancy, no press shots, no nothing. Uh, I, I can't imagine what it's like seeing this car in person. Now, the reason I bring this up is twofold. First, yes, I have been thinking a lot about the Roadster lately, uh, which may not surprise you. I, I'm very grateful to all of you to report I'm, that thanks to you guys, I'm inching closer to the impossible dream. I'm at, as I record this, 80% of the way to the Tesla Roadster, 45 referrals of the 55 that I need. So uh, again, if uh, if you happen to be ordering or you know someone who is, well, if you are, I would, I would greatly appreciate you, you get yourself your six months of free unlimited supercharging by using my referral code, uh, which will also help me get one step closer. You'll get your supercharging. And maybe if you know someone, again, friend, family, uh, coworker, maybe point them to my, uh, the beginner's guide podcast, and maybe they'll find that helpful. And maybe they'll, they'll want to, uh, to use my code, but, uh, which I'll give you, I'll give you at the end of the show with the rest of the plugs. I don't want to, I don't want to bog it down here, but anyway, uh, so I have some questions is where I'm going with this. After reading this Tesla Roddy article, studying these photographs of just the car in broad daylight shot with normal cameras. So it's this number one, I have a question. How do the doors work? Because if you look closely, there are no door handles of any kind on this car. On this note, by the way, if uh, if whatever method of entry the, this Roadster has in it, if that makes it to production, if it makes it to production with no handles, that would mean that every Tesla vehicle ever made even including the original Tesla Roadster, has a different style of door handle. The original Roadster had a, a button on top of a depression in the top of the door. so a little like black kind of rubberized button you'd push to release the door. Then, of course, you have the self-presenting handles of the Model S. You have the flush push-button handles of the Model X, along with, of course, the Falcon Wing doors. And then on Model 3, we have the cantilevered manual handles that still sit flush with the body on Model 3. So this doesn't mean anything. I just find it to be bizarre and fascinating for a, a, a family of cars from one company, from Tesla, that they all, there aren't two of them that share the same exact style of door handle. They all have a different way to get, to get a door open. So I thought that was funny. Second question from from studying these pictures, how big will the frunk be, I wonder? Because if you remember back to the, the reveal, which was almost exactly a year ago now, it was last November, mid-November, Elon promised that it would be a, quote, real car with room to bring, bring luggage on a trip. The prototype, from everything I can tell in those pictures, doesn't have... A, a cutout for a hood. It's just all one body piece. So there's obviously no f accessible frunk in the prototype. So I'm, I'm wondering how that's going to go. I imagine whatever is going to be there is probably going to be pretty shallow. I would think maybe at best 
The Roadster's frunk is the same size as the Model 3's frunk, maybe? Uh, finally, my third question, where are the turn signals on that car? There are some interior shots, and you know, it's got that Knight Rider-style yoke wheel, but the prototype has no stalks on either side of the, uh, of the, that steering wheel, steering yoke. So could they, could turn signals somehow be integrated into the yoke, maybe? Like as little buttons on the tops? Like if you were playing a, a classic arcade game, it'd be how you fire your missiles with like your thumbs on top of the yoke. I don't know. Or maybe it's just a prototype and they're not there and there'll be stalks in the, in the final production version. And also, of course, the final thing, as you may well remember from the reveal, there are no side view mirrors on the Roadster prototype. So that is against, I mean, the, the law doesn't allow that in, uh, at least it doesn't allow the car to be delivered to the customer that, that way. So we'll see what happens with that one. But in any case, like I said, just was staring at the Roadster, reading that article, thought of a few questions, thought I'd throw them out as thought exercises for everyone. And then one uh, second thing, uh, in Simon Alvarez's story on it for Tesla Roddy, which he did a great job on, uh, he's a good guy, I've spoken to him, he mentioned, he put in there uh, that Tesla has had three Roadster prototypes, the, the red working car and two rolling mules. There was the, a dark gray one from the reveal last November, and then the white rolling mule that we've seen at the Geneva car show and then the out in front of the shareholders meeting in June. So I messaged him. We had a good chat. I have a theory here, basically, which by the end of the conversation, I think I'd gotten Simon on board with. I can't prove it, but I feel pretty good about it. And that's this. I think the white rolling mule is the gray one, just repainted. Because Tesla's done that before with prototypes, either be it rolling mules or the actual functioning prototype. The Model S prototype was repainted at one point. So was the Model X prototype. Uh, as far as I know, none of the three Model 3 prototypes that we saw, the, the silver, the matte black, or the uh, rolling red mule were ever repainted. But uh, it, there, is pre there is precedent for it with Tesla. So I don't know. I, I, so I think there might just be one working prototype, one rolling mule, at least as far as what they're willing to show publicly. Again... None of this means anything. It's, I can't help but think about it. It's fun for me to think about this stuff. Hopefully it's fun for you, and I didn't just waste five minutes of your, of your day. If I did, I apologize. Uh, and finally, one final note in the news this week. Uh, Elon had said last week that the interior options would be changing on SNX come November 1st. Well, it hasn't happened yet as of this recording, but it's got to be imminent. Uh, so it may have even happened by the time you hear this, but just as something to watch out for, I'll, once it happens, I'll tell you what, what the deal is, uh, presumably on next week's show, but hasn't happened yet. And then there's a, I hate to close out with a bit of bad news here, but I guess, I guess that's the corner I've painted myself in, in my own notes. Uh, enhanced autopilot, the price of it, if you activate it after delivery has gone up from $6,000 to $7,000. I suspect that Tesla really, really wants people to order it with the car for $5,000. And unless there's a master plan here, I, I'm a little bummed out about this move, honestly, because, I mean, I get that you, that paying, you, you got to pay a tax of sorts if you don't order it with the car up front and you order it later. 
But the thing is, these are safety features that Tesla's made a, a lot of big deal about. And I, I presume Tesla wants people to have those safety features and to use them. So I would think that lowering the barrier to entry on that as much as possible would seem to be ideal. But I do also understand, hey, yes, Tesla is a business. They're, they're trying to be a sustainably profitable one. So for all I know, because again, I don't have Tesla's books in front of me, and I probably wouldn't know how to read them even if I did, but maybe raising the after-purchase price enough here will drive enough people to go ahead and order it with their car, just nudge them in that direction, that maybe it does turn out, they've, they, maybe they have data that shows that more people will end up with it than if they just left it at 6K. So maybe that does work out somehow, but on the surface, it's a little unfortunate just because, again, you know, Tesla would seem for safety reasons to want as many people to have those features as possible. But anyway, that is the Tesla news for this week. It's already been a, a long show, but uh, we've got plenty of great phone calls for you in the Ride the Lightning hotline. I hope you'll stick around. Maybe you're going to take a break, come back to this later. I don't know, but uh, I've got those calls for you right after this. All right, here we go. Ride the Lightning Hotline. Your time to shine. Your questions, your comments, your discussion topics. If you want to participate, which I always encourage, you can call in in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and record me a one to one and a half minute tops question, if you can try to keep it there, and send that to teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, just call in to the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline. That number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. If you're curious to learn more, visit lifeonrecord.com. Let's kick it off with Anson in Texas, who has a helpful suggestion with regard to the dash cam. Anson, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Anson in Texas. Setting in my Model 3 Performance, silver metallic with silver wheels. Looks great with a white interior. Anyway, quick tip on the dash cam. I think it's been solved. If you take a USB stick that you can insert a micro SD card into it with at least 10 megabits per second write capability, that seems to have fixed it. I've had it in there for days. Actually, I saw this tip on a YouTube video, and you can re even reboot the MCU, and it comes right back. It's never failed. I've never had to pause it or anything. Been running it for days. That seems to have fixed it. So I think maybe the corruption problem are, is the USB sticks are not writing fast enough. But anyway, this is just a micro SD card with a 10 megabits per second write capability. You can get them up to 30, and that seems to have fixed it. Anyway, um, one more comment. Hate V9. I'm lucky to have a Model S also. Absolutely hate the V9 software. I'll do another call on that. And uh, keep up the good work. Love the podcast. Thanks. Anson, thank you so much for that suggestion. 
As I said earlier in the show, I've been letting it go this week and not turning it off every time I exit the car just to see if that new 42.2 uh, and now 42.4 build fixes those right errors and corruption. Again, so far so good. We'll see, but thank you so much for that tip. That's great. Gil in San Diego is next, and he unfortunately uh, had a mishap with his Model 3. Let's see if we can help Gil a little bit. Hey, Ryan, uh, Gil from San Diego here. Not sure if you saw it on my, uh, some of my social media posts, but I had a sad day yesterday on Halloween my, uh, as I was uh, about to get out of my car uh, parked along the street. Uh, I popped my door open a little bit, and a really wide truck caught uh, the edge of my driver's side door and, and kind of just bent it in half, basically. Um, so my car is now in the shop. I'm very sad. Uh, unfortunately, um, although I hit the pause button and, uh, and then the stop button um, on the dash cam, uh, when I finally pulled out the um, USB uh, and tried to load the video so I could kind of prove how close the guy was driving to me, because that's going to be the issue on liability, uh, the last file, the critical last file was corrupted. Um, so I've got an MP4 with like 25, 28 megs on it that doesn't, uh, play. Uh, so I'm hoping somebody might have an idea on how to fix those files or any suggestions. That would be great. And then, uh, somebody on Twitter suggested, uh, to Elon and Tesla that maybe to uh, use the side cameras when the car's parked. And if there's a car approaching to hold on the, uh, on, on the uh, unlock the door button might be a, a good safety feature. Um, on, on this, in my case, I'm not sure it would have helped because I think the guy would hit my uh, side view mirror uh, regardless because he was that close, but, um, but it might help others. So that's, that's it. I'm now, now I'm in the, at the mercy of the auto body shops and, and uh, Tesla certified one that I took it to and waiting to see how long it takes him to get me a new door. Thanks for everything you do. Uh, do love the show. Bye-bye. Gil, I am so sorry to hear this. I mean, I'm glad you're okay. That's the most important thing. But man, what a what a terrible thing to happen. What a what a crummy accident. Uh, glad to hear the driver did stop. I, I followed up with Gil after, but um, man, I I hope you're somehow able to recover that that dash cam footage. And and in fact, to your question about that, that's I want to throw this out to the audience because I'm actually not entirely sure if there's a way. To recover, I mean, I don't know of a way to recover a corrupted file like that. Uh, but just in case, there are plenty of people smarter than me, uh, especially with computers and programming. Uh, so if if you have a suggestion, if just drop me an email, maybe I can connect you with Gil directly. If I'll get both of your permission to to connect you, but just wanted to try and crowdsource this one to see if there's any way that we can try to help Gil and and get that uh, footage that would really help his. His, in his case with the insurance and with the other drivers. So uh, all the best to you, Gil. I hope you can get your car fixed up and, and back in your hands uh, sooner rather than later, for sure. Next up, we have Antonio from Lake Elsinore, a regular caller. He wanted to call in about pin to drive as it pertains to Model 3. Antonio, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Antonio from Lake Elsinore. I have a quick question. Uh, I know a couple of months ago, uh, uh, Tesla announced that they had a functionality of uh, pin to drive, where you'd have to enter a pin number on the car in order to, for it to start driving. Uh, I haven't seen that in my Model 3 yet, and I have the latest version 9, and I still don't see it. So um, I was told that this is only for the Model S and X because of the key fob, and the Model, the Model 3 don't, doesn't use a key fob. 
Um, however, my argument is that uh, the functionality is already there in the software. Why not make it available to everybody? And the Model 3 not having a key fob might sound safe at first, but it just takes somebody to steal your phone for them to steal your car. So is it, is it really that much safer? Um, anyway, I just wish they would make that option available to everybody. So if you, if you know anything, if you heard anything, uh, please let us know. Thanks. Antonio, thanks as always for your call. Well, the bad news is that you're correct. It's not available for Model 3 currently, and all of your points are absolutely valid. The good news, however, is that back on August 31st, when this feature was initially announced, InsideEVs.com reported this, quote, According to Tesla, this new security feature will only apply to Model S and Model X vehicles initially. However, it will become available in the Model 3 later, end quote. So hopefully it won't be too long of a wait, and I feel comfortable and confident in reporting that because uh, number one, Inside EVs is a pretty reputable outlet, and also they're saying according to Tesla. They are attributing that to information that they got from Tesla, not just their own speculation. So... Uh, hang tight. Hopefully it will find its way into your Model 3 soon. Let's go next to Brian in Northeast Pennsylvania. Wants to talk about how long a Tesla might last. He's a, uh, he's a guy that keeps his cars for a while. Brian, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. This is Brian again from the Northeast of Pennsylvania. Wanted to talk about the million mile motor and also the longevity of the batteries. It sounds like the batteries may also equal those those motors. So it almost seems that the car could be a lifetime car where the car could last a million miles. I currently drive a 1996 Mazda Protégé with 292,000 miles on it. And that car is 22 years old. So just my doing simple math, I mean, at that age, that car, and if the car itself would last, the car could last 60 years, which could be someone's entire driving career. Um, but the problem is it, the body has rotted out on the car and will no longer pass inspection. And this is the second vehicle I've had this happen to. So the question is, how long will the body frame of a Tesla last and what can you do to help preserve it? I will freely admit I'm not the greatest at taking care of cars and I'm not sure if it's my lack of car washes during the winter with all the salt and road crap they put on the roads, but um, just curious to hear uh, any input from anyone as to what can you do to make the frame and body of a car last a million miles so you can have a true lifetime car. Granted, obviously, in 60 years from now, that car is going to be horribly outdated technology-wise, but still the idea of a lifetime car is kind of cool. Thanks again. Interesting topic here, Brian. I'd say that Tesla has as good a chance as any car to last that long, and, and the aluminum is the big reason. Teslas are primarily made for aluminum. There's not quite as much of it on the Model 3 as there is on the S and the X, but there's still plenty. And here's the thing, aluminum doesn't rust. It corrodes into 
aluminum oxide, and I, yeah, I had to look this up, <laughs> which actually, that aluminum oxide actually shields the aluminum. So that's pretty cool, right? Uh, and given your history, it sounds like you are going to be putting that durability to the test with your upcoming Tesla purchase. I'm cheering you on. I think somebody's going to be the first million mile Tesla, whether it's an S that's already out there or a three with, you know, on the, on its uh, million, so-called million mile motor that, that came out of the lab uh, with making that test successfully. We shall see. John from San Diego calls in now, replying to Jeff from Dallas about autopilot's driving efficiency. And he's got a tip for that. John, you're on the air. Hey Ryan, this is on in from San Diego again. I'm calling in in reply to Jeff from Dallas's call last week about autopilot and driving efficiency. So I don't actually have an answer to his question about whether or not it's actually more efficient for you to drive versus to drive an autopilot, but having thought about it a good bit, I do think that one of the major ways where it might be worse is in the scenarios that you mentioned, where autopilot breaks or slows down faster than it necessarily needs to because it's trying to maintain that rigid distance. So thinking about that, what I usually do is if a car cuts me off, I'll actually turn autopilot off before they fully enter my lane so that the car will slow down naturally because I know that the car doesn't need to brake as quickly as autopilot thinks it does. However, in toying around with the car, one of the things that I've actually learned recently is that you can modulate the amount that the car brakes by use of the accelerator pedal. So for example, what you can do is if a car cuts you off and you know you don't have to brake as quickly as you think autopilot will make you, you can actually apply the auto the accelerator pedal just a little bit and it'll cause the car to slow down slower than it would otherwise. Now obviously the car's not going to come to a stop if you do that, so please use caution, but you can use this in other fun ways as well. So one thing that I'll do is if I want to activate a lane change while on autopilot, but I don't feel like turning autopilot off and there's not enough distance for autopilot itself to make the uh, lane change, but I know there's plenty of room. What I'll do is I'll accelerate using the accelerator while still on autopilot, holding the blinker down so that the car will switch lanes. And this will actually allow me to make a lane change that I wouldn't be able to make otherwise. So hopefully this helps. Maybe it'll make your rides a little bit smoother. Take care. Thank you so much for the call, John. By the way, I got to meet John a couple weeks ago, weekends ago, I should say, down at a supercharger. And boy, what, what a nice dude. He, uh, he, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, his dream car as a kid was a Dodge Viper. So he was up here and he rented a Dodge Viper and he showed up, we met at a supercharger. And it was cool for me. Like, I, I was always fascinated by the Viper as well at the time. And it's funny. He says, like, man, I, <laughs> just renting one kind of cured him of ever wanting to have it. He has a Model X at home. But, yeah, it's just it's funny how perspectives change. And, you know, you, you drive Tesla and it, it can it can. I'm not saying it always does. It can radically change your perspective on things. But great meeting you, John. Uh, anyway, to your call. So. Thank you, because those are basically some pro-level autopilot tips. Thank you for sharing that. As you noted, it's important to remind everyone to always proceed with caution, both with autopilot and if you are giving autopilot a little assist yourself. Uh, so uh, that is just all, all always well and good uh, to keep in mind. And, and by the way, quick shout out to Jeremy from Columbus, 
who called in uh, with this exact same tip, actually, later in the week. Great minds think alike. Just want to make sure that Jeremy knows I heard him as well. So thanks to both of you. Next, I've got Will from the East Bay calling in, uh, wondering about the, the location of the charge port on all Tesla vehicles. Will, take it away. Yeah, hi, Ryan. It's Will from the East Bay calling. A new caller, but a longtime listener. Really appreciate the podcast. I'm calling because I wanted to ask whether you or your listeners had thought at all about the charging port location on Tesla's cars. I've had my Model 3 since April, and the charging port being on the driver's side at the rear of the car has really been uh, one of the few problems I've had with the car, one of the few criticisms I've had with it. I've been driving EVs for over six years. I've had two Nissan Leafs, so I have a ton of experience with charging going back to 2012. And the only thing I like actually better about the Nissan Leaf is that the charging port's located in the front of the car in the middle. That means you don't have to back into charging uh, places. And... um, it's also centrally located, so if the, uh, the uh, charging access is off to the side, you can overcome that. With it on the driver's side, you notice it's always on the wrong side. It's always on the street side as opposed to the sidewalk side when you park the car. I'd love to see Tesla consider putting a second charging port in the front middle of the car or even in the front passenger side. That second charging port would create a lot of options uh, for people who don't like to back into the uh, ports and whose driveways may be configured in such a way that it's harder. It would seem a fairly easy thing to do. So I just wanted to put it out there. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks for the call, Will. I don't expect Tesla is going to add a second charge port anytime soon, no doubt just for cost reasons. If for no other reason, you know, they're trying to be as absolutely efficient as possible in all things, manufacturing efficiency, costs, everything. But I'm not addressing the core of your call, and that's because I have to confess that I'm not sure why the charging port is where it is. I can't remember if Elon has ever spoken to that design decision, and and I couldn't find anything about it when I searched. It's not to say there isn't anything out there. I just couldn't find it. But uh, the only thing that comes immediately to mind is purely aesthetics, because I feel like maybe, I'm just projecting here, maybe it would be a bit uglier in Elon's mind if there had to be some sort of flip-up spot on the front of the car that a charging port was hiding behind. But I certainly wanted to play your call in case anybody out there has any thoughts on it one way or the other, or if anyone happens to remember Elon or Franz or Tesla in general addressing that at any point in time. Cheers, Will. Thanks so much. Now to probably my uh, oldest caller, and I don't mean that by age, but uh, someone who has been calling in since the beginning of Ride the Lightning and and the hotline, since the hotline first went up. Lawton in Chicago uh, ordered his car after a long wait and uh, has some feedback on the experience. Lawton, you are on the air. Hi, Ryan. It's Lawton from Chicago. Wanted to share my recent Model 3 ordering and delivery experience. As a day one reservation holder driving a 20-year-old car, I was eager to finally place my order. I was initially waiting for a standard battery and all-wheel drive given the typical 30 miles I drive per day and Chicago winters. However, given the recent pricing increases for both all-wheel drive and likely for full self-driving, I placed my order on Sunday, October 21st. To my surprise and delight, 
I was able to take home delivery less than a week later on Saturday, October 27th. My delivery specialist agreed to change the time from 8 o'clock to 8.30 a.m. I was happy to share the delivery experience with my 7-year-old daughter who helped me to set up and inspect. However, my initial excitement turned to disappointment to the experience feeling rushed and average. The delivery specialist spent about 25 minutes at my home with about 20 minutes spent hands-on with the vehicle. While he went through the basic options of how to set up the vehicle and the various options, he did not go the extra mile to make the home delivery special, such as setting up the home link garage door opener or connecting the vehicle to my home Wi-Fi. To top it off, he appeared to be in a rush to make his next delivery. Before completing the vehicle introduction, he asked for the remaining car payment due and ordered his pickup Uber. He did not ask if I had additional questions. I was not shown how to use the frunk. He did not offer to take a picture of me and my daughter to help us finally remember receiving our first Tesla. As an avid Tesla enthusiast and with support from the community, I'll be able to figure things out. But with the average new owner, they could easily be overwhelmed by how new and different the Model 3 is. If my delivery specialist had spent another 5-10 to 10 minutes and gone the extra mile, my impression of the experience could have been much more positive. I have shared my feedback with my sales advisor and they're working with me to improve my experience. I hope Tesla uses the feedback to improve the home delivery experience to make it a special 5-star experience to help build customer satisfaction and lifelong Tesla enthusiasts. Thanks as always for a, for a fantastic podcast and I look forward to your thoughts. First of all, Lawton, I'm so happy for you. You waited a long time. And again, I'm not sure there's anybody out there that's been supporting me longer than you have. You've been there since the beginning. You were my first regular caller. And back when back when the Ride the Lightning hotline started, I'd be lucky to get three calls in a week. And Lawton was, was usually in the mix there. So I feel like, uh, Lawton, that you and I, in a way, have been on this journey together. So even though I have yet to, to actually have the pleasure of meeting you in person, uh, actually, that's gonna, hopefully going to change because you used my referral code. And that means I need to come visit you if I get the roadster that I'm inching closer towards. So hopefully I can get to that 55 and give me a good excuse to come to Chicago because I was there this year and loved it. And it'd be great to meet you. Uh, anyway, congratulations on your order. And yeah, you know, I mean, it's, I'm really genuinely sorry to hear that you had a less than ideal delivery experience because it's, you know, it is, it's, it's a special day. You know, it's, I can forgive a delivery specialist who, you know, they've got a crazy packed schedule that day. Maybe they're just, they're human. They're having a bad day, but yeah, it's, it's a bummer because it's such, you know, it's a big step for people. I talked about it in the beginning of the show, you know, switching to an all electric car and it, it should, it should be a big, exciting day that like you mentioned, is full of questions too. So hopefully Tesla can can kind of address this in general in the future. You know, as as one idea, hopefully, you know, hopefully they'll have the bandwidth and, and the resources to hire more delivery specialists in, in areas that need it so that maybe they're not in such a rush and can maybe try to avoid an experience like like you had, Lawton. But uh You've got me and you've got a loving, enthusiastic community that is here to help you and each other. Whenever we have questions or, or issues arise, we're all here for each other. Cheers, Lawton. Congratulations to you. Next up, Kenny from Newport News wants to talk about the standard battery Model 3. Kenny, the floor is yours. Hey, Ryan, what's going on? This is Kenny calling from Newport News, Virginia. Hey, look, I was just listening to the latest episode, 169 of your podcast, and it was the earnings call. 
And on that call, at some point in time, Elon mentioned that they cannot currently make the base model Tesla Model 3. And I'm just curious to know why that is. So there's been a lot of conversation around that they cannot make it, but I'm, I'm just wondering why. What are those limiting factors to them being able to produce that car? It just seems to me like if you've already got the performance model available and ready, all it is is, uh, you know, downgrading a couple of parts, leaving a few things out, and uh, uh, putting in a smaller battery pack. So, anyway, just curious to know your thoughts. Thanks. Kenny, it's great to hear from you. It's been a little while. I hope you've been well. Uh, to address your question, I don't want to speak definitively here because this is only my interpretation, but I believe what Elon meant there is that they can't build the standard battery profitably just yet. The mid-range battery pack is proof that they can build a different battery pack than the one they're currently pumping out of the Gigafactory, but I think it's the costs. You know, Elon talked yet again about more efficiencies they can make, you know, such as cutting down that factory to consumer time. So I think that's primarily it. And remember, too, that the, the actual $35,000 car which I think is what the analysts on that call were asking about, as opposed to just standard battery that could still have the premium interior bundled onto it. And, and what I think you're asking about uh, will, will also have a different interior and a different roof. So that, that actual standard, total standard non-premium configuration. So that will require different parts, building the car in a different way, and those things dig into Tesla's efficiencies and thus how much they can produce in a given day, given week, month, quarter, etc. So I believe that's what Elon was speaking to there. But as I said last week, I do have every confidence they are going to get there. They've, they've delayed standard battery a couple times already, and I just can't see them delaying it again. Let's see. One, two more calls this week. Our penultimate caller is Tim from Indiana, who ran an experiment that uh, should more or less definitively solve a, a question we've all been wondering about lately. Tim, take it away. Hey, Ryan, it's Tim from Indiana. Uh, I called you way back in episode, like, 37 or so. Uh, I just had an update. I was listening to the most recent episode, and uh, where I live, they just built a new road connecting two, uh, like, local highways. And because of that, there's no data in the map system for speed limits. So I'm pretty sure that the test case can put the speed limit case to rest about scanning speed limit signs because I just drove by a speed limit sign on this road, and there's nothing around, no trees, no anything, so there's no possible obstruction or any reason it would not be able to read that sign. And the entirety of that road, including after I drove past that sign, no speed limit sign was visible in my Model 3. So I'm 99% that it is not scanning the speed limit signs. I've also had other instances where I drove sign and it doesn't update. But this one is the truest test case because this road is only like two weeks old. So they clearly haven't added that data. So I hope that answers the question for most people. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Tim, and for doing just about the most ideal laboratory test for this that we could possibly ask for. So it would indeed seem that, unfortunately, 
that sales associate that someone had called in about a few weeks back was mistaken. But again, as we heard earlier in the podcast with uh, Elon talking to Kara Swisher about about the future of autopilot, uh, that this is going to happen eventually. And I want to just, again, another shout out. Frank in San Diego called in as well and noting he noted that uh, autopilot one uh, and, and the, the reading of speed limit signs, that was part of the Mobileye suite. And Mobileye was the provider. They, they supplied the hardware for Autopilot 1. So uh, like Autopilot itself, Tesla is going to have to write its own software for that speed limit reading now that, now that you know, they're divorced from Mobileye. So, but we seem to be heading in that direction. Last caller this week, we've got Jeremy in Wisconsin who has a, a well-intentioned warning for me, which uh, is worth taking to heart. Jeremy, you're on the air. Take us home. Hi, Ryan. Jeremy from Wisconsin calling. Just got done listening to episode 169 and uh, wanted to pass along a bit of advice or something to think about for you, not necessarily anything that's Tesla-specific, but uh, very excited to see the progress you're making on your referral code and getting closer to that next-generation roadster, certainly at the, the pace you're at adding new referrals each week uh, certainly seems um, likely that you'll uh, you'll be able to get that, which is great. You give a lot to the Tesla community, and that would be a great recognition uh, of all the support. Uh, the reason for my call is that, uh, as you may be aware, uh, anytime you win something like a car, uh, that is a taxable event. And given this is a $200,000-plus car, uh, likely would leave you on the hook for $70,000 or so of taxes. And uh, obviously, that's not a... a small amount of money and something that would take some planning for. So I wanted to give you a heads up on that if you weren't already aware. Uh, You can do some things to uh, defer that by taking delivery uh, on January 1st, for example. Uh, You would not owe the tax on that till the following April. So it would give you, you know, over a year to pay that. And if it wasn't something that you wanted to or could afford, uh, you could at least drive it for that year and then sell it and use the money you recoup to pay the taxes. But it's definitely something to give you uh, a little bit of foresight on so that if indeed you do win it, which I certainly hope is the case, uh, you can maximize uh, your time and your enjoyment in that vehicle. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate the kind words as well as the warning, Jeremy. And uh, I'll tell you, my wife and I actually already did have this conversation. So if I'm lucky enough to get there, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I've got 10 to go. So this is getting, it's getting to the point where it's like, it's almost getting real. And it's, it's, it's so, again, Im- incredible and, and insane to me that this might happen, that I, I'm still sort of in disbelief and I probably will be until it actually happens. But I, I'm just, I, I, I'm floored. I'm now speechless. Like I can't, I can't process the, the gratitude to all of you in the audience for, for getting me here. And, and hopefully if you guys see it in your heart, if you're ordering and use my code and help push me across that, that finish line. But, uh, yeah, I, I have actually, we did talk about the tax burden and here's the thing. Like if it's, I don't know the full details, which maybe I'd I'd have to get from Tesla at some point, I suppose. And, but if, if the tax burden is is the worst case scenario, it would be way more than my than my Model 3 was. And it, I might have to sell my Model 3 and then get a personal loan for the rest. But the good news is that 
I'd, I'd have two years, maybe even three, to plan for it. And believe me, it, it'd be a great problem to have, for sure. And and I would be willing to do that. I mean, the, 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 my Model 3 has been, it's been unbelievable. I, I love it. I love it so much. It would hurt to part with it, but you can't argue with with the with the the alternative, the gift that that would be given. Um, so yeah, I, I just again, I appreciate anybody who's ordering their Tesla using my code to help me get a little closer. And of course, thankfully, they get they get something too. You get your six months of free unlimited supercharging. Uh, so actually, I'll just go ahead and give the plug here because I'm practically doing it already, but. Uh, yes, if you are ordering any new Tesla, any Model 3, including the mid-range, you might still be able to sneak in uh, before December 31st, particularly if you live near a major city, get that full $7,500 tax credit. But uh, whatever Tesla you want to order, any new Tesla, uh, get that six months of free unlimited supercharging using my referral code, which either if you're ordering online, just type in ts.la slash Ryan seven three zero one four and hit, you know, type that into a browser and that'll take you to a design studio where you can pick any Tesla you want, configure it out, order it, and it'll have that, your, your referral, your six months of supercharging baked in. Or if you're ordering in a store, please give that code, the Ryan seven three zero one four, give that to your sales advisor that's helping you out. Uh, and finally a shout out to, I just want to thank Ramey from the Netherlands, another longtime caller. He called in, with some just very kind words of support and, and encouragement on the topic of this, this particular roadster dream that I'm chasing. So I, I hear you, Ramey. I thank you so much, and thanks to everybody. I've, been, I've seen a lot of wonderful support from people out there, people rooting for me to get there, people using the code and saying thank you for the podcast, happy to use your code as a thank you. So it just it, it feels great. It really, and, and man, I, I hope I can get there. Like it's the dream is getting closer. I hope I can get there. Okay. That's enough there. Uh, let me wrap things up for you after a short musical interlude, just a little five-second break here. Final thoughts right after this. Well, I told you about the Spirit of Adventures adventures at the top of the show with Navigate on Autopilot, so I just wanted to uh, give you another pro tip uh, that I've picked up. Uh, I'll tell you, I have no problem if this just becomes a regular weekly minute of the show where either I give you some Tesla tip that I've picked up or you guys send in a cool trick. So here's one for this week that, that again, maybe a ton of you know, so apologies if this is widely known, but uh, in the event, if it helps one person, it's worth it. So you know how your scroll wheels on your steering wheel, the right one, uh, when you're on autopilot, you can scroll it up or down to adjust your maximum speed up or down by increments of one. Well, if you scroll the wheel quickly, you give it a good zzz, it will go up in increments of five. So just give it a nice quick scroll to go up or down by increments of five uh, rather than just the increments of one. And here is one more tip from the community. This comes via our friend DJ in North Central Ohio. Hey, Ryan, DJ in lovely North Central Ohio, calling you from EB, the Model S 85B. And loved your little tips at the end on little things people might not know about their cars. Uh, I thought I'd throw one in there, and that also is in the charging arena. Um, Any model that has the motorized charge door, I believe, 
Uh, so there were some early Model S's that didn't have the motorized charge door, and I don't have a Model 3, so I can't verify it, but maybe you can to make sure. But you can also open the charge door just by tapping on the door if the key is in range. Uh, I had a problem for a little bit with my car where, for whatever reason, I couldn't hit the button because, I don't know, I, my key fob was having some problems, so it wasn't protecting it properly. So I just tap the door and it opens up for me. But I throw that out there for everyone as well. There's a lot of ways to open that door, and they're all good to use in some instances. So keep up good work. Thanks a bunch for all you do. Thanks, DJ. I did not know that one. I, I went down, tried it on the Model 3, totally works on the Model 3 as well. The, the mirrors were folded and the car was asleep with the phone in my pocket. It didn't work. But when the car was awake, uh, you know, I just pulled the door handle, wake up the car. It totally worked. So in a real world situation, you it would probably pretty much always work. Like if you were getting out at a, super, a charging station or, or whatever. But in any case, uh, man, I love all these neat little shortcuts and these pro tips that are hiding in these cars. Thank you, DJ, for that. And uh, yeah, time to roll here. AbstractOcean.com has got you covered for Tesla accessories. They specialize, I'd say, you know, a lot of lighting stuff, but also the screen protectors for Model 3, all kinds of stuff. Take a look, AbstractOcean.com, because they've got that 15% discount for first-time customers. Use the code RTL podcast at checkout, all one word, RTL podcast, and that's a 15% discount off of your first order. Uh, we've got, of course, Jeff at Immaculate Reflections, took great care of me and my car. What a, what a wonderful human being uh, that, that Jeff has proven to be as I've gotten to know him over the last year and a couple months now. Uh, Jeff's great. So if you're interested in, in uh, you know, detailing protection, of any kind of your car, whether it's, you know, a, a, just a, a clay bar, nice deep cleaning, or whether you want to do paint correction, uh, the paint protection film, ceramic coating, any of that, all of that, look him up. The website is irdetailing.com. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support me, uh, the referral code would be the most awesome way to do that right now as I hopefully try to close in on the impossible dream of the Roadster, but if you're not ordering anytime soon, or you already did, uh, there's always Patreon. That's totally optional, but it's there if you'd like to see if, see about supporting the show that way. Totally voluntary, but find out more at patreon.com slash Podcast. and uh, I'll take this minute to thank the Patreon producers. These are the wonderful folks uh, supporting at the, the producer tier Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, who, by the way, he was in town. He kindly, he looked me up. We went to dinner. What a wonderful human being he is. What the, just, he, his Tesla passion burns as intensely as mine does, I have to say. Uh, he's, he's from uh, the Nashville area, and with him was another listener, a caller, uh, Ron from Nashville, who's called in a bunch of times. I got a, a two-for-one. I got to meet them both. It was fantastic. So uh, great meeting you, Robert, and Ron as well. And then the rest of the Patreon producer crew, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Peter Chalet, Harold Plug, Kenneth Martin, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Luke Miles, Gabriel Salaz, Jerry and Mary Smith, 
Brian Hope, Rick Sinta, Bill Royko, Scott Gillis, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, JC at ev-alliance.co.uk, otherwise known as Cookie UK, and Eve. <coughs> and there goes my voice. EV Raps. Almost made it in a nice, clean take. Oh my goodness, it's clearly been way too long of a show, and it really has, so I don't even want to do my usual say I'm done and then talk for five more minutes thing. Uh, Thanks to all of you for your continued support, whether you're listening, whether you're using the referral code, Patreon, anything, it's just writing me, emailing me, calling in. It's this this little sub-community, this this pocket within the Tesla community here, Ride the Lightning, I, I can't tell you the energy that you guys give me and the, the enthusiasm that it is, it is amazing what, what you guys do for me. And I just try to give, just reflect that love and enthusiasm back. So thank you all so, so much. Uh, this is, this is great. This has been a blast. So this was episode 170. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, the snoring cute little cuddle bug over to my left here who's now totally sprawled on the couch in a very, very hilarious way, is Daisy the Boxer Puppy. I'll see you back here for 171 next week. Remember, new episodes every Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. Happy electric motoring. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. Mm. Make it's maximum fun.